looks good. Taraski missed it. And Graveson has fired Celtic in front. He scored against Rangers in September. He scores against them in December. Thomas Graveson shows the way on all firm day. Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Gallagher, and I'm joined by, to my right-hand side, the hardest working man in podcasting, it's Chris Bowd. Hello, welcome. How are you, Chris? I'm good, I'm tired from all the hard work in podcasting. All the hard work. Uh, This is a special feature podcast because we are joined uh, by fantastic author, fantastic person, lover of tea, it's Chris Sweeney. Hi there, nice to be here. Good to see you, Chris. Thank you very much for having me along, and I'll uh, make sure I pay you the fiver for those nice compliments on the way out. <laughs> he did the, uh, did the compliment thing. Like, the old fiver, the, the classic fiver. The classic fiver. Right, we'll make it a tenner, since, uh, prob- prob- probably since that joke's been around. Pro- pro- probably a tenner's... Uh, In- inflation. Uh, exactly, probably. Uh, God, it's like we're back at the garage. Or, or I'll do a contactless. Or the ABC, because remember we used to go to the ABC quite a bit? Yeah, if anyone doesn't know, we used to hang about uh, all together for a long time before before any of us were podcasting or writing. Oh, yes. Uh, It goes goes way back beyond this. Let's put it into context in all seriousness. Chris Sweeney is uh, a writer, an author. A lover. A lover. and uh, Not a fighter. (laughs) I'm doing the intro. Okay, sorry. Uh, Chris has written the book uh, Mad Dog Gravison, Last of the Footballing Mavericks. Last of the modern footballing Mavericks, but don't worry. And also, these guys don't usually call me Chris, so this is a, yeah. this, this, this is a strange sensation for <laughs> it's me. It's a strange sensation. <laughs> uh, CJ, as we call him. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, um, how are you, Chris? I'm very well. Thank you to be here. Great to be here. I'm back in Glasgow for a wee while. I'm now living in Zurich, but uh, back here. And uh, I doing a bit in the book. So glad to be on here. I've followed your stuff online, so... Hopefully, I do. I do. I knew. I knew you did it at a place. Um, the platform at <laughs> at, the old, at the old <laughs> We were talking about that earlier. I, yeah. I knew about that, didn't I? And I, I was asking Bowdy about uh, some stuff to do with, like, you know, the what is it, patron? <laughs> so the company that like how you pay money for stuff. And so I'm like, I, I know about the podcast, and I know I know there are different people you have on it. Love, as well. Some of them, I don't know all of them, uh, like the Norwegian guy, uh, he, he, he was not one of our friends when we were younger, so I don't know him. He was not one of our friends. Well, you know, uh, I mean, we didn't, uh, we, he's not one of the old crew, is he? Uh, he's not. Uh, well, not the old crew, but aye. before we were not hanging about, before podcasting, there's like yeah. some people I know, some people I don't. But I follow it online, and it's good to be here, obviously, hopefully I can maybe talk about the book and some Celtic fans can have, some, have, a, have a nice listen to it and uh, find out some stories about uh, Thomas Gravison and yeah, etc. It should be great. We are, go- we've got a copy of the book to give away. You're going to sign it. Chris, okay. You're, he's finding out now. All he's right. just finding yeah, out. Yeah, now. no problem. I will just, sign it. Aye, you sign it, okay. uh, and we'll give that away as a as a prize in a competition, which will be great. Right. Um, the f- Tom, 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 prize. The first prize is an unsigned book. <laughs> <laughs> the first uh, prize is a is a night with Chris Bowd. Yeah, um, so, 
It's not. No. Uh, but Tom. Thomas Gravison, um, in all seriousness, let's, uh, why did you write a book about Thomas Gravison? Um, the reason why I wrote a book about Thomas Gravison is I'm a football fan like all of us around this table, probably not as hardcore as you guys, um, but I just found him an interesting character. I, found, I heard a few wee things about him. I did a bit of research and he just seemed to be quite an interesting guy, uh, a, bit, a bit different from your average footballer. I think today's day and age, you can go on Wikipedia and you can read about someone's life and basically sum it up. But I felt with him, the Wikipedia page and that type of image of him didn't do him justice. There was a lot more to him. So it's not really so much he's a footballer. I mean, I, I, it's good that he's a footballer, so I'm a kind of familiarity with the subject, but it was more about the person, really, and he just happens to be a footballer, uh, you know, adding a bit more colour, I think. I, I think it's interesting because, see, when I, I've not had the chance to finish the entire book, but I've, I've kind of looked through it, and some of the stories are obviously incredible. But to me, he kind of seems like a guy born at a time. Aye, I think so. Well, I mean, I think maybe football changed during his time, so maybe yeah. he's straddling is a word that I would use. <laughs> and I knew, the, I, knew, I knew the two of these clowns would laugh at that. So. <laughs> I funny. can predict what's going to get a laugh on this show. I'm probably a good guest to burn here. I'm playing to a crowd that I know. Uh, no, but you know, I, th- I think the game changed as he was in it. Like, a lot more money, social media, maybe to latterly, a lot yeah. more media pressure, you know, because he, he starts like sort of mid-90s. So at that point, Obviously, football's a high profile, but it's maybe not quite like it is now where, you know, you, you really know everything about them or, or they're followed. So I, I think he kind of came through. Plus, he came from Denmark, small club there, very relaxed way of life, out, out of the spotlight. And then he goes over to Real Madrid, Celtic, Everton. Clubs are a big spotlight. So yeah. I think you're right. I think he was sort of a combination of those things, yeah. Because a lot of those stories are like, uh, you know, some of them are incredible. Like, you know, the... The, the Wayne Rooney stuff with the fireworks and, and that, you know, you, you read that and you're like, is this in the early 2000s or is this in like 1975? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the whole Jimmy Johnston on the boat um, yeah. and, and stuff and like all these interesting stories you hear from the 70s and 80s when, you know, it was less professional and stuff. And then people were idiots. People were idiots. Um, and then all of a sudden Thomas Gravison's d- kind of doing similar stuff. Uh, what did you make of Thomas Gravison as a player, Bowdy? Um, obviously he came in... 2006, seven season, that right, Chris? Aye, somewhere at 2006, he comes to Celtic. Aye. Yeah, what, what did you think of him as a player? I mean, at Everton, you always thought this is an amazing player. It was a wee bit of a shock, maybe, when he went to Real Madrid. Yeah, I think, I think um, you could remove the wee out of that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think most people were shocked. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then when he came to Celtic again, Celtic signing someone from Real Madrid, that just didn't necessarily yeah. seem possible at, at that time. Yeah. Um, but I was really excited to see him. I think his, his first goal was against um, Rangers. Yeah. Uh, he had some amazing games. He had some not so amazing games. The Manchester United, I'm thinking about in yeah. particular. Yeah, that's, um, where he, he, that's the one The one game where... That I, Old Trafford game? Old Trafford yeah. game, yeah. I think there's a, there's a picture in the book in the middle where Gordon Strachan's berating him. Yeah, uh, as they're coming off, uh, I don't know if it's half time or full time at that game. So yeah, because he gave yeah. away, he gave away the. I think that led to the penalty with Giggs. Where I Giggs think goes he was down. culpable for two of the goals. Yeah, well, I think he, I think he got caught in possession for the. I think the one of the one of the first two goals because it was three two. Yeah, it was three two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hessling can then knack his free kick, which was class. Um, you know, you hear so many stories about um, Gravison, but I think as much as he was an, an incredibly. Uh, interesting character as you say he was a really good footballer I mean you don't play for Real Madrid if if you're not good don't get me wrong it, it doesn't suit everyone to play for Real Madrid in terms of you know they might not meet the expectation level or the actual level of, of ability to play for them but you know signing for Real Madrid how did it come about the Real Madrid thing? Well he, he goes to Everton and he's 
uh, you know, I Archie Knox and Watersmith of uh, oh, I staunch. You know, they played for a famous. Uh, a fa- they, they, they're part of a famous uh, other team in Glasgow. Yeah, one that's no longer exists. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's the other thing. Yep. All right, I'm not getting into all that. <laughs> I'll leave that to you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you can take the flak for all that. You know? um, but anyway, so you know, you know, they bring him over to uh, to, to, to to Everton, and you know, Archie was kind enough to give me his time for the book, and he was basically saying that, like, you know, trying to get my position for him was very difficult because he was just attracted to the ball. So you would talk to him about tactics, and he would listen to you, but he said it would just go in one ear or the other. Yeah. And as soon as he got on the pitch, he would just do what he wanted. So it was very difficult. So they they basically come out with the idea of getting him a free roll. Um, but obviously, in a team like that, you've got to have balance. So, when, when they just before they get sacked, they signed a guy, Lee Carsley. Yes. Who looks a bit like Thomas Gravison. That was, I was going to bring that up. There but was... they worked well. And basically, the, the key to Thomas' success, from, from what I can tell from the p- people I spoke to, with Lee Carsley sort of being that midfield anchor man, it let him be a free role to do what do he, what he could. And from what like you were saying, all these footballers I spoke to across his career all said he was very, very talented footballer. He, he maybe just misunderstood, but he had plenty of skill and was, had good had good ability in the ball and, you know, in training, showed up well and passing, volleys, dribbling, you know, yeah. his football brain, you know. Unit as well. He's a fucking unit, Bowdy. Yeah, he's I mean, he was a good all-round footballer, very fit, yeah. committed. I mean, it certainly he's not a, a guy whose career's like, you know, he, he let it fizzle out because he wasn't interested or he didn't train or, you know, he was certainly someone who was very into football. So, I think, you know, Everton at that point are fourth in the league. I think it's 2004-2005 season. Um, And Real Real Madrid came in and uh, they want to buy him. And they're looking for this defensive midfielder to sort of play in because it's Beckham, Figo, and Zidane. <laughs> who can we fill? Who can we get to fill that room? Let's and they think that uh, Thomas Gravis is a man, so they, they, they take him, but he doesn't actually want to leave because uh, David Weir, who was his captain um, at Everton at that time, he, he, he said he was at the training ground and there was a threat waiting to take him over to Madrid. And he was just like kind of mucking about and like wasting time, like, oh, I'll just do this and clean my boots, <laughs> like, you know, I'll go tidy that up and just sort of try to, because he didn't want to leave, because he's not a guy that craves limelight, he, he liked playing football, but he wasn't a guy, I think, that was chasing, you know, big uh, sponsorship deals or being a celebrity, so I think he realised my life's going to change here, I want to be at Everton, I'm comfortable here, it's a club that's big, but no, yeah, know, massive, galactica. but I can't turn down the chance to be a Real Madrid player, Yeah, um, so he goes eventually, but I think with a heavy heart. Yeah, and I think as well, Mayor's aside to Madrid. And there was always a rumour that Real Madrid got him confused. <laughs> <laughs> with Lee Carsley, yeah. Well, Lee Carsley, since the book's come out, Big Lee has since... Uh, Big Lee, what a boy, by the way. Something that's a wee bit disrespectful. Lee Carsley has come out <laughs> on Twitter and said really? that, no, no, that's not the case. Uh, they didn't, they didn't, they wanted Thomas, but I think he's taken it a wee bit too seriously. But, I mean, they're both bald, white guys, <laughs> and Lee Carsley wore 26, Gravis wore 16. Uh-huh. So maybe the Madrid guys, Madrid president said, get the bald, white guy with number six is back. And, it's another you know, example of that often dismissed a very serious issue in the modern world of baldism. <laughs> and frankly, yes. I've had enough of it. Yeah. About, yeah. Uh, we don't all it? look the same, okay? Well, but if you're wearing an Everton strip and you had number six in your back, it starts to get, you know, it's closer. We're getting and, closer. And, and also, they all look the same. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's be honest. I but, shave mine on purpose because I, I'm fine other than that. But he goes to Real Madrid and Florentino, I think it's Florentino Perez, um, the, the chairman or president, yeah. and he, he, he introduces Gravis and says, oh, this is the guy, he's a missing piece in the jigsaw for this team and we're really happy to get him. And he's had all these clubs chasing him, but he's chosen Real Madrid. And you can see Thomas, if you watch the clips of it, Thomas is thinking, what's this guy talking about? He just, <laughs> and he just says to the guy, he's he just says at the front of the world's press, no, no, I didn't 
didn't have any other offers. <laughs> this, was, this was the only one I had. And I'm, but I'm happy to be. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to be rude. He was like, I'm happy to be here, but I never had any other offers. Like, this was it. Not that he couldn't have got another club, but Aye. there was only one like, bid on the table at that time and deal. So there wasn't he like, he didn't have a chance to pick other clubs. So this guy look, looking at him going like, I'm trying to build this up, you know. So that's what I mean. That was a he just classic. Wasn't maybe going to fit Real Madrid. That's probably the first sign. His first thing as a Real Madrid player, he's totally out of step. Play, you know, the, the kind of maybe the profile and the, the size of the club. He's like a football and da. He doesn't quite get the whole uh, idea like social media and how you're supposed to be with like media training and he all. He doesn't that. have any social media. Uh, he still doesn't have social no. media. So you've a hard time to. You know, that's why I'm online. There's very little about him in terms of. Did you, Did you ever get in contact with him? Um, Sort of. Uh, I, at first, I, I thought I'd do the book with him, um, and this sort of rogue agent, uh, who I'll tell I'll tell you his name later. Uh, this rogue agent um, told me if you give me so much money, I can put you in touch with Thomas, or we can set this up. And he was talking about, I don't know, maybe he was maybe looking at five, six figures. And I was like, well, nah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you can forget that because this is it's like the publisher, and we're doing this a different way. It's just a good book and. If the money comes or we get things obviously you'll make money from the back end but it's not going to be like that it's not like Tony no. Blair we're not like you know giving you money for your memoirs here um, so I didn't work out so then I, I spoke to a couple of people at his club in Viola and um, they put and I spoke to a couple of Danish journalists so, so some people I knew through my through my through my uh, job and uh, he uh, put me in touch with John Sierbeck who played for Man U Monaco part of the Danish 1992 team. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, when Thomas was coming through at Viola, he was like a senior player. So he kind of became his mentor, or sort of mentor, and became his agent. So he was my go-between, between him. So if you could speak to him, he'd speak to Thomas, and it'd come back. But no, he basically said to me, no, I don't want to be part of this. And then they called me disrespectful for doing the book. <laughs> which uh, you've seen the first few chapters I mentioned, how they've labelled me disrespectful. Yep. But I didn't actually put pen to paper at that point. <laughs> So I felt like they were kind of judging me and I felt like the whole point of this book is I'm trying to say that people have judged you. Wrong, yeah. So I feel as though you've kind of, you so, know, I understand why you're like that, but it's a wee bit poor because, like, at least give me a chance to put myself because I'm trying to maybe, no, I'm, I'm not doing it for good in my health, but I'm trying to, like, maybe clear up a few things about Grant. Yeah. You know, I feel he's misunderstood as a person and that's the interest of why the book's something to write about, not just a, a regurgitation of stuff we all know. Yeah, and that's the thing, though, like... Um, as I say, I've not had the full chance to read it through. I've, I've read some interesting chapters. Firstly, you're a terrific writer. Thank you very much. As well as handsome. I think you've actually come from even a few, a few, a few, of, a few of my earlier jobs to a few music festivals and gigs. I think. Yes, you've, uh, I remember we from. went to the Isle of Skye, the infamous Isle of Skye festival. Yeah, I also went to Mega. We, <coughs> excuse me. We also went to Mega Bank Stadium to see the Kaiser Chiefs play. <laughs> I think I, was, I think I was covering that as well. <laughs> don't can I not tell people that <laughs> people listen to this. Did we not go? We got quite a few. We, Aye, we, we went to the. Frate- I think I, I had to review the Fratelli second album. They're playing it live, but I think I got so confused with what songs. I think we had to then. I mean, we shouldn't be saying this, but I think, <laughs> I, think, I think we had to then sort of cobble together what song. Do you remember doing that in yeah. CCA? Yeah, going over the song titles like was that a new song? <laughs> I don't know it was. Nobody reads. Nobody reads Scotland's biggest selling newspaper. Nobody reads it, no. so it was fine. Uh, and, and I think the other thing was, uh, I remember we went to, uh, uh, it was, we, we went to a gig and then we went to the place across the road from the garage and there was a band playing and it was like, thank you very much. And they stopped and there was hardly anyone there and they went off and uh, they were standing at the bar and you went up and went, lads, ter- terrific set, uh, you know, just keep trucking, just keep going. <laughs> And it was Vampire Weekend. <laughs> oh my God. There you go. So I think you were there as well, mate. And uh, well, well, they hadn't broken I'm, through at that I'm point. I'm glad they've taken my advice on board. You know, so <laughs> essentially, you yeah. have you made you should be getting some sort of the Simon Cowell of the kind of Glasgow Indy scene. You know, like yeah, the Galley, You know, keep on trucking, boys. <laughs> 
Uh, but see, what, anyway, what, what, Thomas Gravison. Yes. Thomas Gravison with his time at Celtic. Uh-huh. Um, where do, I know you don't want to give too much away because it's in obviously the book you want people to buy. Which no, I'm happy to. Don't worry. No, I'll have. I'm happy to chat away. Don't worry. It's not all about Celtic, so hopefully people can even hear this stuff. There's plenty, yeah. plenty of stuff they won't, they won't know about the book. You know, because I told and Kev, my brother-in-law, about. I know. Um, I remember Big Kev. Eh? Big Kev. Legend. Uh, uh, and he was like, he said to me, he's like, uh, he mentioned it to me before he knew it was you that wrote it. He's like, oh, that could grab some book looks really good. So people know about it before, you know, th- th- there's a connection between y- yourself or there's a connection with, between Celtic. That's so it's is, is pretty great. Yeah. Yes. Um, where can you get the book just before we go on further? Uh, where can you get it? You can go on Amazon uh, and my publisher is Pitch Publishing and you should be able to get it in uh, some bookshops. I'm not, I don't have a, I don't have a, I get mine in, wa- I get mine in Waterstones. Oh, there you go. You can get it in Waterstones. And uh, you know, that's, that's like the, that's, that's the, the biggie. That's the, that's the national. That's the national. Um, as yeah, we but say. Amazon and my Pitch Publishing and I mean, there's other books. So you just punch it in online. I'm sure you can get it or like you say Waterstones. But yeah. And listen, if, if you're on Kindle it, as well. I think there's a Kindle version out as well. So you can get it for a Kindle if you're, if you wanted to read reader. And if you're going through your usual 90 minutes cynic five star review on iTunes, which you should do, um, why don't you jump on Amazon and just give CJ a, a review, even if you've not read the book? Five no, stars. No, no, buy the book, read the book, and then give it a five star <laughs> no, review. No, don't. Just give it a review. Or contact 90 Minute Cynic and tell them what you think of the yeah. book. Or, or other Gravison stories that you've got that I've not put in the book, you could tell these guys and yes. put them out. Tweet us at 90 Minute Cynic yeah. and, and let us know. But it's time at Celtic. Um, friction between him and Strachan? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think uh, Eden McGeady, um I think he used a quote to say that uh, Thomas and uh, Gordon hated each other, so that's I think that's, I think that puts the tin lid in it. I think basically he was a character that needed a manager that kind of maybe understood him or was willing to kind of. I'm not saying let him do what he wanted, but I think give him a bit of a free reign in terms of on the pitch. And Moyes did that to Everton, and his coaches at Denmark did that, and his, you know the national team as well at Denmark, and they understood that that's what you need to do with him. And I think being at Real Madrid as well. <laughs> I think that was, you know, those kind of things. When it comes to Celtic, I don't understand why maybe Gordon Strachan would sign someone and then try to change their character that much. When you're 30 years old and you've played for all these clubs, you're not going to change that much. You know, obviously you're, you could ask him to do a certain role, but in terms of keeping a guy in a rigid position, it's never going to work. I mean, Mark Wilson tells me the story they're playing at Ibrox and, um, you know, it's uh, they're playing at Ibrox, sorry, and Mark Wilson's right back, Thomas Gravison was supposed to be right midfield and <laughs> He's playing right, and he said he was all over the place. And then at one point, I'm saying to him, like, Tommy, shut your left down, shut your left down, right? And he turns around and goes, shut up, lad. Don't talk to me, lad. Because he always called every lad. And then later on in the game, Mark Wilson's like, oh, I'll just keep doing it. So he said to him, shut you know, kept saying, shut your left down. And he, this time he went ballistic. He went, look, lad, shut the fuck up. Do not talk to me for the rest of the game, lad. I will do what I want. And that was it. He just ran about, like, you know, just everywhere he was. He was left wing forward. So it was that kind of character where... Yeah. He wasn't going to react well to being being kept in a, a specific a specific role, and I think Gordon Strachan maybe didn't appreciate that or want to appreciate that, or and it was just a, it was just going to end toxically. And he only plays really one season, although he's the highest paid player in Scotland at that point. He scores two goals against uh, Rangers, a volley and a header. Volley's fantastic, man. Um, Absolute peach. He's the highest paid player in Scotland, and it all fizzles out. And towards the end of the season, I mean, I think Gordon Strachan at that point wants to make his point, so Celtic playing the two thousand seven. Scottish Cup final against Dunfermline. Who scored? Bonus point. Uh, John Pierre Dumby. Aye, something like that. Boom. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like that. It's not Perry. Perry's in the, like, the water, no? John Pierre. It's not Perry. All right, it's a Anyway. Anyway, he, he scores a goal, but on the bench, if you look at the bench that day, there's a guy called Teddy Bjarnson. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Who played once for Celtic in four years. Icelandic like, boy. Aye. Yeah. But he's on the bench and Thomas Graverson sitting in the stand and you're thinking like, you think at that point Gonsack is just trying to make a point? And I don't think it was really, with a guy of that kind of money and that kind of profile, I think Celtic just handled it all wrong. I'm not saying it wasn't fault from him, but I don't think Celtic really... Know what they were buying. Yeah, well, or when they bought something, you know, you, you don't buy something and try to change it if you know what the guy is. Yeah. He, can't, he can only be himself, you know. Well, again, I think Gordon Strachan confused him with Lee Cosley. And <laughs> <laughs> the issues. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the, the idea of Gordon Strachan, who used to play Nakamura out wide because he didn't want to put him in the middle because he felt he'd be exposed because he didn't have the work rate. Uh, Strachan was a very, very structured coach and how he laid teams out. I can understand why Gravison didn't work under Strachan. You think as well, just because Strachan likes to be a character, I'm sure you've got a few of his hilarious yeah. quotes in there. I have, yeah. Um, Velocity. You think there's maybe a wee bit of that? Just like, I'm well, you the character so you can't be the big well, you thought they'd be a match made in heaven because, like, yeah, he, he has a gone strike and obviously likes a laugh and a joke. And, like, all the players say, like, he was doing like a team talk and then he would just go, Did you have a haircut yesterday? Aye. I like your hair. Then he would just carry on talking. Her, this is a lovely banana. And then he would just go back <laughs> to, like, going on about, like, tactics. Bananas are lovely to be <laughs> yeah. So I think you would think, oh, he'd be perfect for someone like Gravison. But it was the exact opposite. It was more like the kind of old school coaches that had the kind of more. Um, more man management, maybe uh, you know that kind of thing. Maybe not so much tactically, or you know, it was it was more of that stuff. He it, it responded with. I mean, I mean, Denmark. He played well for Denmark. He played well, obviously for Everton. Good, good, you know, he was good in Germany, and he was in Real Madrid. He was actually he got a game a lot of the big games, and he played. I mean, I think it was like forty odd games he played over two seasons. I mean, that's, it's eighteen months. Yeah. It's not like he was, uh, you know, he was it was uh, like Raphael Shite. You know, he was like one game and he disappeared, or two games, or Marvin Compare, whatever the whatever the current joke of that, whatever you know. Jo- Jonathan Woodgate, of course, played exactly. for Real Madrid, get sent off. And oh, Jonathan Woodgate was a disaster. I mean, he's yeah. you know he played like eight times in four years or something. I mean, it was, it wasn't he like defenders. that. He not break his leg though, to be fair. Yeah, but he didn't really up. play. I'm just saying, maybe his, his impact. Yeah. Gravison wasn't a total. It wasn't like a he disaster. Wasn't a, yeah, I think people at Real Madrid, some people online, when you punch in like worst signings, like he's always this complete and utter, you know, totally out of his depth. And I don't think that's true. So I think Celtic, when he comes to Celtic, it is a bit of a mystery. And at the end of the book, I talked to fans from all around these different clubs and most of the Celtic supporters clubs that I contacted and come and tribute the book. They all felt like. Don't really know why it didn't work because it looked like he'd the kind of personality, image, style of play. You know. Scores two goals against Rangers. Well, he's quite a swashbuckling player. Celtic yeah. like that kind of you know going oh, forward, yeah, a bit of passion. That's... You know, he knows British football. He speaks English. There's no real kind of reason why you think you think it would work. But do you know one of my you know? favourite phrases of all time? Just words: swashbuckling. <laughs> Fucking love it. Swashbuckling, yeah. It's terrific. Well, he was a bit of a swashbuckling player, I was thinking. I think that was, uh, no, I, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course I'm not. I mean, and you think are. it would work at Celtic? Because Celtic like that type of but I wouldn't work, I, but I can understand why it wouldn't work under Strachan. But um, why sign him? Is, my, is kind of what I see in the book. Why why bring a guy that's yeah. totally like that? Unless you've got unless Strachan just had a preconception of how he was, I guess. Just assuming maybe if he comes in, I'll put him in a a situation because obviously after Strachan it was Mowbray. Yeah. and Mowbray liked to play a more expressive, expansive style of football. Actually, potentially could have worked. Under yeah. Mowbray? Oh, he was going by that, but he uh, could have. Yeah, I, I, I mean, no, like, yeah, potentially could have. Yeah, I mean, I think he would have worked with 
I think any manager, I just think you, you need a, a not a, you need a free role. You, he's yeah. not going to stick to a position, or What's he's not going to stick rigidly to a position. You know, you got to let him it's a like bit bowed of at fives, isn't it? Just oh. doesn't he stick to a position? It's, it's awareness. It's, it's dragged straight to the ball like a dog in a park. It's incredible. He'd have played well under, like even his current select team. You know, with like you know the the, the sort of Christie or uh, yeah. you know uh, Forrest or you know crossing over and moving. He'd be good in that sort of system because. You know, he, he was a good player. He oh, knew what he was doing. He just wasn't. Um, you just kind of see, oh, right, back, right midfield, and follow the runners. And he's not going to do that. He, he doesn't mean it in a bad way. He just doesn't have the like all see a very short attention span. See the ball, magnet to the ball, and off he went. That was it. Uh, Bowd, what you've read some of the book as well. Any sort of highlights from the to kind of tantalise the the listeners? Uh, so well, there's a few things, um, but yeah, I, I, there's stuff like. Really, well, actually very bad, and I kind of turned off. He's a lifelong Hamburg fan. Disappointing. Disappointing. That's the bad side. He grew up loving Hamburg and used to collect all these German magazines. Because uh, he's like, he's quite just to collect German <laughs> magazines. <laughs> Maybe slightly different. Yeah, he but, does, uh, before the internet. Yep. He was quite into that. Like He's a bit of a kind of, uh, you know, quite a all-encompassing guy. Once he gets into something, he's right into it, you know, Gravis. And so he would collect all these German football magazines. So when he gets to move to uh, Hamburg, like, he's, he's over the moon. Uh-huh. And that's also, Na- Napoli also come in for him wow. at that time. But he obviously, he, he does another one of his classic, uh, you know, lovely responses. He says, uh, why would I go there? I, I, I would only go there to go on holiday, not play football. <laughs> and I think Diego Maradona might slightly differently. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so he doesn't go there. He wants to go to Hamburg and, you know, he loves it there, but yeah, sorry, yeah. Bowdy, carry on. Uh, can you no, stop no. interrupting? Bowd, no, sorry, no. this is, anyone, this is anyone your podcast. Think I, anyone think I wrote this book? Aye. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Bowd. Well, just on the Hamburg thing as well, what I was thinking, you, you said he, he's not necessarily drawn to the big lights, but you think, just looking at the teams once, you Denmark, it's Hamburg, so you've got Hamburg, St. Pauli, Everton, so you've got Everton, Liverpool, oh. Real, you've got Real, Atleti. And then you get Celtic Rangers. Uh-huh. He, he went for the Real Athletic there. You see that? He's a cult, he's a cultured footballer. He didn't go Real Barca. He went Real. It's not a derby. And he also said Atleti, if you <laughs> understand that. This is why he's on the show. This is, is, that, is, it, is this what you people that says, like, Camp Nou? Did <laughs> you do that? Did you do that one? That's that shite, man. Bernabeu. But no, it's a, good, it's a good point. You know what I mean? Like, he is. You think like, he's drawn to that kind of, those. Angst? Yeah. Maybe, I mean, that's something I didn't really think about, Bowdy, I've got to say. Um, that's, good, that's, a good, that's a good point you bring up. Um, I think also, I mean, I think maybe, I think a good example I've been seeing to a few people is like Zlatan, who to me creates this persona. And whether it's entertaining or people like it, that's irrelevant. But I don't think that's really him no. at home. Whereas I think with Thomas Gravison, all the people I've spoken to and all the people that have known him and been around him, he is like that. There is no image. You know, that's he interesting. He, he wasn't trying to create like a... Because he hasn't capitalised off it. I mean, outside of football, people probably don't realise how much of a character he is. Yeah, I think that's you know? that's a really good point actually because Slatan has, as you say, he probably comes in the house and takes on his Slatan's persona. Gravison doesn't because he is who he is. That's yeah, I never really thought about it like that. Um, in in terms of the the interesting stuff that happened uh, since he left, yes, touch on that a little bit. I no problem. Touch it as much as you want. Um, he leaves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love he knows his audience. <laughs> Exactly, I'll, I'll keep on going as long as you want me to. Um, no, he, uh, he, well, he, he has a he, Celtic season ends, like the, the cup final we're talking about, and then he goes to Everton for, on a loan deal because Strachan says to him, well, this is just not going to work out Get here. Goes down and he's injured, they've got their own players, doesn't really stop start. He comes back to Celtic and it's still the same situation. So he disappears off um, Strachan. I think they're off to a tour of Portugal, first team. No room in the plane for Thomas. So he asks <laughs> Willie McStay, 
if uh, or please have a limit stake and can you bring me to Ireland for like they're playing like Donegal Celtic and like the juniors like the kind of taxi drivers yeah. or whatever so he goes over and plays like a kind of tournament over there but just to play football because he loves playing football yeah. and you feel to yourself this guy two years ago was playing like Champions League football for Real Madrid I mean but he's loving it there's even a picture online people can find where he's at Clifton Hill uh, Albion Rovers ground and you're thinking it's like you can see the old stand and it's empty and you're thinking what? how can this guy possibly be feeling thinking I was playing for Real Madrid two years ago now I'm at like Cliftonville <laughs> playing for Celtic Reserves I mean it's like where's, what's happened to my life you've seen the earlier ones where he's, uh, he's their own club suits and they're playing fives and all that he just he seems like somebody that really loved the game oh I know he playing. loved it I mean his, his coach uh, <laughs> sort of going back to his time in Denmark he had a guy called Ulrich Lefebvre who was like, played in the Bundesliga in the 70s yeah. and I think he won the, the Belgian league as well. He comes back to Denmark and is a he's a maths teacher. And Thomas, ironically, is in his class, so he's got this kind of football ex footballer. As a, I guess in those days, maybe they didn't quite make the money they do now, so they need to kind of top up the pension. So, um, Mister Burke from Holyrood, of course. <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's look into that. So he um, he he he's with him, and he's saying at like break times, the ball he would be out there all day. You know, if you if you just let him stay out with the ball, he would have just stayed out there all day. And they all say he loved the ball, so you're right playing football. But anyway, so he goes on that tour to Ireland. He comes back, and then I it's just with us, and he just retires at age 32. That's insane. And he still, you know, I spoke to Mark Wilson, who was almost in that squad. He was the one I spoke to most from that squad, and he said he was still very fit, uh, no problem, you know, in good shape, and he could easily. I mean, there was nothing, you know, holding him back like he could have. No, there was no like injuries or like he couldn't cut it. I mean, obviously, maybe maybe lost a yard of pace or something, but I don't know. But there was no. Um, Do you think know. it was just a mental thing of just not being able to just deal with? I think in football or in life, I think maybe like you know the terms "mad dog" of the book. So that was given to Everton in a nice way. And he goes to Hamburg and they make him out to be like the, they call him the ogre, not Hamburg, Real Madrid, they make him out to be the ogre and they put a big picture on him, like the green face and all that. These aren't nice names. <laughs> no. Well, that's my point. Like, you know, Graham Taylor with a turn up, you know, it was, yeah. it was funny yeah. at the time, but I think maybe like 15 years later people go, that's actually, not nice. that guy's family and him and he's having to take that on board. And I think with Thomas, I think over time, I think he's starting to become aware that maybe I am a bit different from everyone else, the things I do. And people are calling me like I say in the book at the start, like all the names like lunatic, screwball. You know, I know it's funny. Maybe some people don't mean it that way, but I yeah. think if people are always saying, "Oh, you're a screwball, you're a lunatic," or "Don't do that," or you play up to it almost. Also, or maybe it inhibits you, and you start to think, "Am I different? What is wrong with me? I can't really be myself." And I think basically football, he couldn't be himself. And I think that I think that's what happened. I think he thought, "I can't, I can't enjoy this anymore. I can't be who I am." Football's changed. And I think that's why he retires. And then he obviously leaves, goes out of Europe and goes to Las Vegas where no one knows him. And, uh, you know, he's not seen for like, I think it's like four years later when I spoke to Danish journalists who tracks him down in Las Vegas. I mean, <laughs> he just, I mean, in Denmark they call him the unicorn because like he just disappears. Like, he, he, there's mysteries about him. You know, he doesn't, he just went off the face of the earth. I mean, nobody knew who, where he was, that's you know. Insane. And um, he used to, we're kind of rounding up because we don't want to keep you too long. No, no, don't worry. There's plenty of time. Don't worry if you want to chat on, don't worry. Um, All right, if that means you want me off, that's fair enough. As well. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't be offended. Um, what you call like he? You mentioned about him taking on his wife at football because she was a professional as well. Not his wife, his um, his girlfriend, ch- childhood sweetheart in Denmark was a footballer, uh, and then she went to hammer with him in Everton Ladies. So at Everton, he would after foot after training, they would go in the gym one on one, 
And Archie Knox sometimes said he would, the first time he went in, he said he couldn't believe it. He was sliding into tackle. <laughs> it was like Fatsik Vieira, you know, Roy Keane, like batting the ball off. And he says he was like playing like it was like a full English Premiership like man. Like he was just not, it was no like, no holding back, no concessions. But I think that's quite nice because he had that innocence about him where I'm yeah. just playing football, I'm going to play at full intensity. You know, he's a kind of guy who probably would have played like a wee kid. He would have probably just played him like, you know, the best he could. You know, he wouldn't have like Aye. toned it down or let you in. You know, he'd have probably been. It, that's the way he was and I think that's quite a nice thing it shows a kind of maybe an innocence or a naivety that maybe other maybe other people wouldn't have you know I used to do that thing where like when I was looking after my niece or nephew um, especially my nephew I would like roll him the ball and he'd have the ball <laughs> at his feet and I would go in two-footed boom I would, don't get me wrong it would be all safe he was never in danger well that's why he's got know, he limp. broke his ankle yeah listen it was a fair tackle yeah. Christopher, no, it's true. You got Christopher McFadden knows all about fair tackles oh, to Jesus. be fair He'd, he'd have always been in a wheelchair, no matter what. Listen, that's, that's life. That's how life plays out. Gets, I want to make any bad jokes. But <laughs> um, so anyway, so you're you're in Glasgow for how long? Just out of curiosity. This is just a personal thing. I'm, uh, recording, I'm just here for another couple of days, and then I'm going back to uh, back to Switzerland where I live now. So a couple of days, and then I'm back. Um, I was here doing a few things in the books, see my parents, stuff like that as well. So it was good to come back. And How are the folks? Good? They're good, yeah, they're good. Uh, so it's good to come back, and like, hopefully people get something out of the book. You know, it's like kind of... Um, I guess we all grew up reading books and you know, some of these football books I'd find there was nothing in them. You know, it was just a regurgitation. But hopefully this guy is a wee bit more more to him. And I think people seem to connect with him a bit more. Everyone you meet has like a feeling about him or a, a view of him. You know, it's not just, oh, I like that kind of guy faded away. That's why I see. I, I, I genuinely think he's an interesting character, and because as as we've mentioned, the fact that he went from Real Madrid to Celtic and it not working out, and him almost being a bit of a you know, you, you mentioned the phrase unicorn because he would turn up for games. I remember he got a hat-trick against... St. Mirren. Left, right and header. Boom. And Maradona o- perfect. Only hat-trick of his career and Gordon Strachan, after in the dressing room, said to him, yeah, but you've got to work on your defensive aspects <laughs> of the game. <laughs> Truly. So, yeah. and, that, and you can imagine a guy like Thomas Gravison, I mean, just thinking, what are you doing? You know, and yeah. like at, at training, I mean, uh, so when they were talking, he would go behind striking quite a lot. And uh, no one can see us, can they? No. All right, so they would do the, I don't know what. <laughs> Hand puppet like, move? Yeah, yeah. Like, he'd, go, yeah. Like, he'd be doing the tactical talk and he'd be going like, behind to the players. <laughs> so like, I think he'd a total. At that point, like, he was just completely, you know, the two of them are just going in opposite directions, you know. So he does get the hat-trick there. He has a good time at Celtic. He talks about it. I mean, he used to come to watch old film games with Peter Levenkrantz. Because oh, really? he's a friend of Levenkrantz. So he used to come to Celtic. So he was dying to play for Celtic. I mean, he knew all about Celtic. It wasn't he just, oh, I need a way out of Madrid. I mean, he knew what he was coming for. And I think he's gutted that the way it ended. And yeah. obviously, go, go, I just feels like going to, go to that trip in Ireland I talked about showed that he wanted to play for the club and he wanted yeah. to make an. I mean, who in learning that kind of money would bother going to go over Ireland to play against taxi drivers and uh, you know builders? He would just sit in your, yeah. sit in your house. Friends of Lovencrans sounds like a lovely charity <laughs> for like giving tea to old ladies at um, church fates. Um, just because the porn star girlfriend in Glasgow. Oh, actually, I was going to say, uh, fucking go, talk, talk me I, through I it. don't know much about oh, I, I spoke to her briefly, uh, Kira Eggers, so she was, a, she was a porn star, famous Danish porn star, so he had her as a girlfriend in, in Madrid. So you can imagine tabloid journalists, that was like a tent in their trousers, you know, because like, <laughs> like, you know, like you got a footballer, you've got porn a star. porn star, and then she came to Celtic as well, um, or to Scotland with him, so the front cover of the Scottish Sun, I think was, it's in the, I mentioned it in the book, I think it was Gravison's porn star lover front page news, so he arrives with all that, Fanfare and you can imagine a guy like him, it's like, oh, oh this is going to start again, you know, kind of thing, he just wanted to play football, and in Everton, I think he was kind of, 
maybe left, not maybe not left alone, but maybe maybe just maybe maybe media changed by that point. You know, yeah. social media more interest in the game and things like that, or maybe Celtic. I guess it's a. Maybe it's a goldfish bowl, do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's everything is just completely. It's probably a bigger club in Everton, so maybe yeah. there is more. Oh, there's no fucking doubt. How, more, da- how dare you? Uh, all my Evertonians that I've been speaking to, for <laughs> I've got to, I've got to stare through my, <laughs> I'm a real toffee. <laughs> uh, just about uh, football Mavericks. Give me a couple of yours. Oh, he's actually he's went no, to Google. No, he's I just typed in football Mavericks into Google. Is it just Celtic ones remember. or just general ones? I want, I want, I want a, from you as well. I want a Celtic one, and I want a. Can I just uh, well, I've written a chapter on it, so I'm, 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 I'm ready to go about <laughs> Well, George Best is the... Oh, fuck off, George the obvious Best. One. Come on, I'm big... talking about to you, not Darry. to... I don't know. Paul Sa- Elliott. Sammy, Samaras. Come on. Samaras, Sammy, yeah. Sammy, Sammy's a massive... Uh, George Samaras, yeah. He's a cult hero. Because he smoked. Because, <laughs> yeah, because he smoked. People hate him, and people love him. Right, and right. the people who hate him are idiots. Absolutely. Is I Ch- think Chanley has got a Celtic cult hero because of that one game. Yeah, that one he, game. Where I... Apparently he nutmegged or chipped it over. Eric Cantner. But then he said on the radio that was untrue. Eric Cantner did it to him. Well, see, I heard that um, essentially Celtic were all in for signing him, but uh, a player at the club, uh, a senior player at the club, basically said to, was it Lou McCarry at the time? Um, essentially, don't sign him. He's, right, he's right. going to unsettle the dressing room. There's been lots of speculation who that player was, but I'm not going to say because I don't know. <laughs> Bowdy's now on Google. Bowdy's now really fired no, up. I can no. see in your glasses. You've fired up the Google, haven't you? I was you? just trying Ten to remember Mavericks Celtic. <laughs> the name of an article because there is a 90 minutes in a article about Mavericks. Okay, is there? Um, well, that's, that, I, well, that's basically firing up Google, Bowdy. Yeah, exactly. Even if you wrote it, that's still firing up Google. Oh, actually, I'm, I'm not even got a bit of paper in front of me, buddy. I'm ready to go. Yeah, well, actually, <laughs> he's, a, he's a book on it, this guy. I'm seeing an article. It was actually a snippet from another book about <laughs> Mavericks. Oh, right, right. CG, another possibly better book. Who's to say? I'm not. So you're now plagiarising <laughs> someone else's work, <laughs> looking it up, and now passing it off as your own. Oh, I remember that guy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, who's your? So you said Anton Rogan earlier. Was that a joke? <laughs> that was that was my favourite player ever. All oh, right, sorry. Uh, I'm going to name uh, my future son Anton. Anton, uh, no, yeah. you're not a dick. Is that not just Anthony? You just shorten it. No. And that's what Brendan Rodgers said. That oh. is, he named his son Anton. Well, he played for Celtic, didn't he? Who? Anton Rodgers. Didn't he make a couple of appearances in preseason? He's a friendly. But he still we played. We don't count it. <laughs> well, Charlie, that was a friendly. <laughs> we don't count it. All right, I thought we were counting him as a fabric. So, okay. But well, you've not given us any Mavericks yet. Like we're giving, see, but even just this talking in his <laughs> head, he's like, not, oh, it's fine. I've, not, I've already mentioned Paul Elliott and Georgie Samanas. No, the, he mentioned I mentioned George Samuels. You, you did the original George one. Jo- <laughs> next one's going to be. Have you heard of a guy called Paul Gascoigne? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to mention Paul Gascoigne. There's a guy. Uh, gonna, uh, there's a guy I called. Don't, I don't know if you know about this guy. His name's Diego Maradona. <laughs> yes, he played in uh, Barcelona. He played for Barcelona. He's a short spelling. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm trying to think. In the book, I mentioned Jose Luis Chilavert. Amazing. Um, I mentioned Romario. Amazing. Just because like the way he went into politics. Yeah. yeah a guy who was a bit before Ooh. our time, Socrates, because oh, yes. not only was he a doctor and all that stuff, but he also started a communist kind of movement. Yep. And the club, and he said, if this doesn't pass, I'm going to leave Brazil. It didn't pass, and he went to play in Fiorentina. And he went to Italy because that's where there was a lot of, obviously... Communists, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, do you know who his, his uh, brother is? <clears throat> Uh, Rai? Yes. Yeah, I knew that. Rai, one of my favourites. One of my favourites. Uh, I would say. Graham Ma- uh, you know, <laughs> Yeah, because if you. If you, if you <laughs> nope. nope. If, if you think about I see a maverick as someone who was different. Yeah, and goes against players, the grain. And that's be, what I thought. To be know. fair. That's not bad, actually. Um, there's, a, there's basically about five chapters in my dog about fuel efficiency. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Graham yeah. Lasso could. 
could fit into that yeah. Maverick mold. Fat Latissi, yeah. I mentioned. Fat Latissi. All right, Fat Latissi. <laughs> I just gave up with um, that. Who else did I mention? I think, and there was a guy called, and this might, you guys will probably know better than me, it was a, it was a, it was a German guy called, is it Ro- Thomas Brioche? And I'm not, I think it's not, it's without the E. Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. I don't know that much about him, but I've just heard about him talk. Well, he had this idea of like football was like a, like an art, you know, and it's like we're all, we're all connected and we're all one, <laughs> one body on the field and all this. And he was right into it. And uh, in Germany, I don't think they liked it. <laughs> but he went to play, uh, he was, but he was good enough to play in the top league and then he went over to Australia. But he's got a kind of way of looking at football to- to- totally differently from other people. Yeah. So I mentioned him and a guy called Robin Friday, who was a total nutter. Um, and he, well, I shouldn't use that phrase. Sorry, but a bit different from everyone else. And uh, he, um, he, he's he dead now. But he did. Real... <laughs> he did now. Yeah. <laughs> wow, just to shut now. But no, but he's a real kind of colourful character. And he was, I think it was the the Buzzcocks had a song. I don't give a fuck or something like. That, and Robin Friday's the the cover I mentioned. Oh, brilliant! So I, I tried Great to song. I tried to mention that Great it's band. not all. The, it's not just because I think something's Maverick seen as like, oh you were you were a you were a field player. I don't think that's quite. Yeah. the... we uh, we saw the Buzzcocks at the Isle of Sky Festival that time. Did we? we I, mean, did. I don't know if it was the Buzzcocks, but. I'm sure someone will tell it. It was a band anyway. I think it may have been the Buzzcocks. Uh, my, your, uh, my, 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 one of my favourite players of all time and one of my... One of, kill me. Matt, no, no, well, he's terrific. Right. And he is a maverick, but you're like, all right, all right, fine. Uh, Mario Basler. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mario Basler. Basler. What, my yeah. favourite Mario Basler story was when he uh, fell out with every national team coach. Um, he walked off the pitch in 1994. I think him and, uh, what do you call him, uh, oh, uh, gave yeah. the Vicky and all that. And, Stephen Effenberg, yeah. Um, but he got called up to the, when he was playing at Bayern and he played in that Champions League final and he was phenomenal, he got called up to the Germany squad and the coach was like, look, you need to just... They're trying to qualify for Euro 2000. Just chill out. We're playing like England, and you know, just thing. And he's like, "Not, not a problem. Don't you worry about that. No problem at all." Uh, the coach was coming down at six in the morning to get his uh, get breakfast, and uh, he was if um, Basler was sitting in the quarters with the waiters playing poker, and he'd been there all night and had a big cigar. <laughs> and apparently, he turned well. This is true or not? He just turned around. The coach went. What did you expect? <laughs> Which, See, there we go. Never played for Germany again. But See, that's, a, uh, that's a maverick. That's yeah. a maverick, yeah. When you mentioned Romario, was it Romario that got the donkey drunk for that, his kid's birthday? That was Edmundo. Yeah, I Edmundo. Think that was a, yeah. Yes. I think uh, that was Edmundo. I didn't put him down as a maverick. He's a bit yeah. beyond the pale. Yeah, um, yeah, he's yeah. killed a couple of people. Um, There's even stories come out now online that people have like put online or told me about. And one of them for Thomas is that he was, when he was at Everton, it's, there's this kind of guy that worked at the club said, look, my mate is in the, is in the stand and he always shouts abuse at you. He thinks you're crap. <laughs> he thinks you're absolutely rubbish. And he was like, all right, I." But he says, like, he he plays Sunday league football, right? So uh, he gave him the name of the team. So Gravison seeks out. So he turns up at the game what? and you know Sunday league football. So he's, like, shouting abuse at the guy from like, the side of this wee public bat, like, you're shite. <laughs> To get him back, and then the guy, then the guy. I don't know. This is true. The guy that 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 bit's totally true. But then there's rumours that the guy told Thomas it was a joke. It wasn't actually. It was made it <laughs> but I don't know if that. I don't know if that. But Gravison did go down there. Unbelievable. And then even I was on this. Uh, I was on another rival. Do we mention rival media or no? Uh, 
Everton Media. Yeah, okay, that's oh, fair yeah. enough. It's, yeah. Toffee, Toffee TV. I was on there. Uh, the Mickey Mouse again. Anyway. I was on there the other day, and he was telling me that he used to one of the guys used to work in the club shop, and he said like one day he went out for his lunch and he came back, and Thomas Gavs used to drive a, an old battered Nissan Micra. Yeah. So he's but he he said Gravison was like sitting on the edge of the window, hanging out of the passenger seat, and he's going like that, pumping his arms up there. And then he saw a teenage Wayne Rooney is driving it down the, in front of the stadium. So he's taking Wayne Rooney out for a driving lesson. <laughs> but we're not in a dual control car and hanging out the window. <laughs> so those are stories that have come up. So hopefully people can share. There's loads of stories about him that you know. You can, it really is a Pandora's box. You, know, you could you could be there. It's like a trifle. There's so many layers to it. You know. Yeah. The book is called Mad Dog Gravison, Last of the Footballing Mavericks. Modern. Modern football Mavericks. Uh, the author is Christopher Sweeney. That's Chris, correct. Sorry, Chris Sweeney. Chris Sweeney, yeah. yeah um, are you on any Google or any other social media? No, I'm not actually because I've not really. I've really got nothing to say to people. I mean, I really don't have that much. No, I've you got to books say. worth, yeah. but. Well, I, I've got stuff to say. I write it down and I put it out, but I've no really getting into the Google or the, the, the Twitter and all that <laughs> sort of stuff, you know. That was me fault. <laughs> some people around me say I should do it and all that, but. Uh, no, but you can, my publisher's on Twitter if you want to tweet them and tell them you think a book or you can put it on Amazon or, you know. Yeah, Amazon review. Or even if you just put it up online, I'm sure sometimes I search, you know, the, the book title so I can see if people think it's rubbish. Some people think it's rubbish, that's fair enough. Um, but Nobody does, everybody thinks it's brilliant. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, so we're going to do a competition, uh, we'll get you to sign the book. And uh, Christopher Sweeney, CJ. Yeah, my debut on the podcast. Chris Sweeney. The man himself, the man, the myth, the legend. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, and uh, good to see you guys uh, flourishing at doing this. Thank you. Never thought you guys would be uh, pro- well, not, not not professional. Okay, I think here that's we go. That's yeah, what a, what a I guess you know. I <laughs> guess it's, it's, it's an old show. There's a lot of stuff I could maybe say about these guys that you might see them in a different light. You know? <laughs> There's lots of embarrassing stories, but uh, you know. Maybe I won't bring them all out, but Bowdy did used to have, you know, really long hair. Bowdy had hair like um, flowing locks. Like Hernan Crespo. Is that a good example? <laughs> that's, a, that's not a bad example. You wouldn't, you, you wouldn't expect that, would you? There's a picture um, going around. Oh, uh, people, do people know this? Is this on the ninety minute cynic? Have they no. seen it? I'm not embarrassed by the fact that I used to have hair. Yeah. No, but I just think they don't realise how different you you've yeah. went. Like, you used to have. Like, I used really to have the hair, greatest hair in the world. But really long hair. It yeah. wasn't the fact that you're bald now. Yeah. I mean, that's you're not bald anyway. You're balding. <laughs> That's worse. How? <laughs> just this. But, um, there's a f- yeah. picture floating around, and I'm, I'll maybe send it to you, Chris. It's uh, of Christopher Bowd oh, right. looking like Patrick Swayze. Right, there we he's go. He's got a leather jacket on. He's, he's posing it. Yeah, yeah. He, lo- he looks terrific. Um, and uh, but I'll, we'll talk about that after the podcast. Chris Sweeney, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. And ho- hope anyone out there that gets the book enjoys it. And uh, yeah. We'll promote, for your time. we'll promote the book as much as we can. Christopher Bowd, pleasure as always, sir. Yeah, it's been great to see Big CJ. Great book. Give it a give it a read. Give it a read. Uh, I'm Chris Gallagher. We are the 90 Minute Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road.